everything kind of came to a head. You know, if you can't eat, nothing's going to work, right? Yeah. So I ended up uh, collapsing and I had a really, really hard time. I was in hospital for three weeks. I was fed through a tube. Um, yeah, it was it, like, I mean, it was never life threatening, but it was life altering in this, it, you know, it was really impacting on, on my life at the time. And it was a daunting time because things were just about to take off for me. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to What Makes You Tick, a podcast which is all about me speaking to people who inspire me, who motivate me, who I believe I can learn from, and who are doing things in life that I'm just, uh, I admire. This is a personal project, like a lot of uh, my listeners know, and every week it's somebody new, somebody different, and most of the time it's somebody quite close to me. And today I'm thrilled to bring uh, to you a person who is very close to me, who is uh, pretty much blood at this stage. Um, my, <laughs> Not my pretty lovely, much, who my, is? <laughs> my lovely cousin, Hilary. Uh, welcome on board, Hilary, how are you? Good, good, thank you so much. I've been so looking forward to doing this. Yeah, me too. Listen, the the, the reason I've asked, so to just give people a bit of context, the reason I've asked you on, on board is, um, if I was to describe you to a friend of mine, these are the words that I would normally use. I would say uh, super smart, super ambitious, um, uh, lovable rogue who <laughs> you just want to hang out with and listen to incredible stories that you have because of your experience in your career. And somebody who I think has literally grabbed the bull by the horns when it comes to her career and your career and uh, taken a leap of faith to follow a passion and follow something um, that is close to your heart by setting up a fantastic business called Newsfix. And for anybody who doesn't know what Newsfix is, I'm going to give it a little bit of my own interpretation, but essentially what it is, is news made easily digestible and relevant to a young audience who are sick of mainstream stuff and get a really unbiased and incredibly um, informative view on what's happening in the world. And that is, are those are the reasons that I've asked you to come on board today, and I'm thrilled to have you. So welcome to What Makes You Tick, Hilary. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'm so thrilled to be here, honestly. And, you know, to talk to somebody about Newsfix often is quite a daunting thing, but when it's, you know, a second cousin, it just feels so relaxed um, and yeah, we're just really looking forward to the conversation. Yeah, listen, it's and and what's lovely now is that this isn't just about Newsfix. This is Newsfix is part of your life, and but I want to talk to you about all parts of life because yes. what makes you tick is is um, a vehicle for people like you and me to eavesdrop on conversations, to take little nuggets of information from our conversations, and try and apply them where they feel applicable to their own lives. So, um. I, I would love to start, though, with Newsfix, and I'd love to start with your career to date, because Newsfix is where you are now, but you have been in the media, you have been a journalist for a number of years now, and I'd love to kind of just get a bit of a synopsis of your journey, your career to date, yeah. and ultimately where you are now today. Yeah, so um, I'm, as you said, I'm a journalist. Uh, it's the I would say it's the only thing I think I could do. It's, I'm super passionate about it. And I graduated from UL, from the University of Limerick in 2015, 
worked for actually less than a year in journalism in Ireland and then got my kind of big start um, at CNN in London in 2016, actually just two weeks after Brexit. I saw Brexit happen. I saw it all unfold. And the, the way I got into CNN is actually quite an interesting story. So I was sitting in an office in Dublin and it was a job. It was the people that I loved, but the job itself just didn't really motivate me. It didn't make me excited about my career. And so I basically guessed the email address of the president, the vice president of CNN at the time, did up a bespoke CV of exactly why CNN was where I wanted to be, why I was perfect for the job. But I kind of just did it as a mental challenge because I was watching Brexit unfold at the same time on the other side of the Atlantic. I was seeing all of the momentum gain coming with the US election between Clinton and Trump. And I just thought international news, geopolitics, like this is where I need to be. I mean, it was just such a passionate feeling. And so I sent off this CV and I had this little chuckle to myself and I thought, you know, who do I think I am? (laughs) One of those (laughs) moments. And I just sat back and laughed. But lo and behold, 14 minutes later, I got a response. And, you know, we have this idea sometimes, particularly when you're at the beginning of your career, that all of these people are unattainable, that you can't reach them, that they're not interested. And I... I'm testament to the fact that that's not true. You know, they organized for me to fly to London to meet the bosses over in London. And that really got the ball rolling for me. Um, That's how I got my foot in the door. And uh, I worked there then, long story short, for about four and a half years as, um, for the most part, a producer with them. So whether it was like producing on the desk or out in the field with correspondence, it was an absolute dream job there was no better place you know as a journalist fascinated by international news where where but where better to start you know um and so I did that for four and a half years and then I set up news fix October 2020 and here we are here we are and let's just talk a little bit about your journey in CNN because you are a jack of many trades. Uh, you are fluent. a master of none. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> uh, well, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. But it's it is it is interesting because uh, when we were over in London, I think it was about two years ago. Um, uh, you started talking Arabic, and you had uh, obviously a love for that language. Where where did that come from? Because it isn't your typical French or German that you learn in school, you know. <laughs> No, it's probably not. Um, I, look, I think it's it's tied into so many different things. You know, for me, um, I, I already spoke Spanish before I moved to London and I could see the doors that that opened for me, the perspectives that that brought into my life. You know, some of my best friends are Spanish. And when I was 15, my parents had the foresight to send me to school over in Spain for just a few weeks. But I went to a part of Spain where no one spoke any English. And so it was, you know, It was learning because it was an absolute necessity and it instilled in me this different perspective of number one respect for other countries and number two just how much that enriches your life to be able to communicate in a different way and the respect that it gives you for other people then who are speaking English to you and it's not their native language and working in a job maybe. So anyway when it came to that to me it was a natural part of journalism to then go and learn another language because you know journalism essentially it's all about storytelling if you can't communicate with people that's it right so and then i suppose naturally the middle east was an area that i was really drawn to from a news perspective as a journalist i was fascinated by 
the history um, and how that history shaped what we're seeing today. So it just became one of those things where it, it just started to make so much sense for me. So I started lessons here in London. I had a Syrian teacher and then I went to Jordan um, for a couple of months and lived with a Jordanian family and did like intensive Arabic classes. Now, yeah, I'm saying this, I need to, you know, put a disclaimer and say, I can break the ice. I can have a joke. I can make conversation. Don't book me as a translator, but you know, I'll get you out of a bad situation. And that's, the, that's all I ever wanted to reach. Um, so, and if you want to see basically a reaction in the Middle East, in any country, I guarantee you to them hearing a white Irish woman speaking to them in their local dialect it's the most amazing feeling and you feel like you've just gotten off to the best start where you've you know even the first word you say is showing the respect you have for them so as a journalist um, but also just as a person it's kind of my personality it's what I'm super interested in um, it kind of felt like the natural step when I joined CNN to kind of better myself it and is interesting isn't it that, that, um, that um like when it comes to culture when it comes to even friendships the first barrier is a hello, right? Or the first kind of um, thing is is putting your hand out to show that you're peaceful. And 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 when somebody is in a world that is, I suppose, a little bit unknown, and they're seeing somebody else in the world that is maybe a little bit out of place, stereotypically, yeah. to then find that you've made the effort to learn their language to understand their culture to a point and and like the only way to do it is by really immersing yourself in it um like yeah. that experience in itself to go to jordan to to live there for months like that experience it must have been daunting at the beginning or was it super exciting because like what what, what were your what no, were your emotions I, look i I think you'll see a running theme in my life that I don't overthink something. I'll just go for it. And then I'll be two weeks in and think, okay, didn't really, <laughs> didn't really do any research on this exact same with news fix, just went for it. <laughs> and I think um, it just kind of felt right. And I have to say basically for context on it, when I arrived to CNN, you know, the question wasn't, do you speak another language? It was how many languages do you speak? And so for me, wow. I came in um, very much, you know, around and I learned so much from them. But I, you know, you're around a lot of, you know, the children of diplomats, they've grown up all over the world, and they've got this amazing international view of the world. And so and there's me then, you know, I'm from Limerick, my parents are both Irish, they're everyone in my family's Irish I'm 100% Irish I've only lived in Ireland so for me it was kind of like okay look I need to show that I really genuinely care about this so that's probably where it um where it came from a bit I love it uh, so let's let's talk a little bit briefly about your experience in CNN because uh like you, you worked there for how many years five four, four or five four years and four, four, and four, four and a half years what was that like going into a world that um to an outsider like myself who would seem like CNN you put CNN, Sky, Fox, all these massive brands, massive media brands mm. on, on the map. And that's they're the places that deliver the world and the global news. Uh, yeah. wh what was it like going into that world? And what was your experience like? It was quite surreal, um, quite surreal. But I have to say um, what was a pleasant surprise was how friendly the newsroom was. It actually is a very supportive newsroom. And I think um, a lot of that is because of, you know, there's a a bit of job security there's a lot of budget there's a lot of room for growth and I think everybody in there is so talented everybody's so passionate that you're kind of just with the same vibe 
of people okay. all the time and you connect yeah. with them. So that that number one was fantastic. Number two, I had um, a manager from Cork, Carol, who really took me under her wing at the beginning. You know, the Irish, we look after our own. And she said to me on one of my first days, half the battle of CNN is figuring out how the company works, you know, the internal dynamics, you know, how we send people abroad, how we get our news, you know, how it all kind of comes together. And I think that took me, honestly, maybe seven or eight months. I remember one day feeling like, I think maybe it's clicked, you know, and it, it just took a minute. Um, but also as well, you know, when I say I was there for four and a half years, my first year was an incredibly unprecedented, busy time in news. And a lot of that focus was in Europe. So we worked a lot on, you know, Europe, Middle East and Africa is what the London News Desk kind of oversees from um, an editorial point of view. If you think back to that time, you've got Brexit going on. Uh, 2017, you had, unfortunately, so many terror attacks in, in across Europe, but particularly in London and throughout the UK. Uh, you had the Grenfell fire. You had um, the UK election where the Conservatives lost their majority. So there were so many things happening that it was, you know, um, sink or swim. You know, you're, you're jumping into the deep end and you're figuring it out very much on the go. And I think... Um, actually, and a lot of people say this, you know, across any industry, you, you learn so much in your education, but actually you really, really hone those skills and learn them on the go and, and by the mistakes you make sometimes. Yeah. And, and it, it is super daunting to go into a world, number one, that you don't know, but then number two, it's like, listen, we're giving you a project, go and do it, figure it out. And obviously yeah. having allies in there is great, but there comes a point where, you're not in school anymore. You're not, you can't be told by the teacher, this is what you need to do. You can't be told by the lecture. You got to engage your creative or critical thinking brain and, and try and figure it out and yeah. use the skills to tell stories. Um, the, how, like, do you, do you kind of remember a moment where you said that seven months in or eight months in that it kind of clicked, but do you remember a moment when you put out a story or that you did something that you, you go, I'm, yeah, I'm super proud. I of remember that. my first byline. So the first time I got my name on the top of an article on CNN and it was about an artifact that was like a thousand years old and it was found in Peru. And at the time, I mean, I'm not joking, my entire extended family it was probably sent to you. Everybody knew about this artifact in Peru. <laughs> and the funniest part is that, you know, you progress then like two years later, I'm looking back and I'm, I'm passing those types of articles on to the newest person and seeing their excitement and their enthusiasm. And it's something I don't really want to do anymore. <laughs> so it was, um, I just remember that moment and I think about it so fondly because there was so much innocence in it. Yeah. Um, and just so much excitement. Um, and then I also have another distinct memory. And again, listen, you know, I adore journalism. I adore the news, but it's naturally a negative industry a lot of times because, you know, I would say I would hedge a bet and say 90 percent of news stories are tragedies or they're bad news or someone's having a hard time. Like that's what it is. Right. But the other memory that I have is the Christmas of 2016. CNN, I was kind of freelancing every now and again, but it wasn't full time. This was prior to a lot of the breaking news. And I made the decision to stay in the UK over Christmas. And I had no shifts, but just to be on standby in case anything happened. And I just thought, I want them to know I care and that I'm dedicated. And George Michael died. And he died on Christmas Day. And uh, the next day and the day after that was 
the first time I was producing. So I produced outside his house with a correspondent and a cameraman. And that's an opportunity that I never, like had it been a busy newsroom, I was not the person they would have picked, but it was pure desperation on their part in terms of there aren't many numbers, you know? And, you know, while it was a, a tragic story and I, and I don't lose sight of that, it's important not to lose sight of that as a journalist. I could, I would also say, you know, your opportunities come in the most unexpected ways and by just trying to find opportunities where there aren't others around or I don't know you know something so, you know you, you could take that risk and nothing would happen but it did yeah you you basically put yourself in a position to be selected and exactly. to be to be chosen uh, where others may not have I suppose it's because your desire was there to succeed and to <laughs> to, to uh, further your career so which is obviously what you've done now because Four years later, four and a half years later, this brainchild came to you, or maybe you had been brewing it for the last while. Newsfix, talk to me about Newsfix. Talk to me how you came up with this idea. This, this idea that has the world uh, changing over to listen to what you guys have to say. The people are subscribing to get on board to listen to what you are saying and your point of views in an independent way, right? But like, yeah. just tell me the story because I'm so excited okay. to get that across. But I hope we kind of <laughs> we gave the background there, right? <laughs> I mean, I love seeing your excitement. It's very yeah. sweet. <laughs> um, so basically, uh, I would be the epitome of the accidental entrepreneur is what I've called myself before. But also, the, you know, that you've seen these articles probably of people saying, until the pandemic hit, I was so happy in my job. I never saw anything outside of that. Hands up. I'm the absolute epitome of that. And it came in the most natural way. Like I never, I never even saw myself being a manager of people one day, not to mind, you know, being a CEO and founder of a company. It just wasn't in my, in my trajectory, in, in my view. But basically I had had a couple of health issues. I was, I'm fine, but just a couple of issues that ended up being off work for a number of months in 2019. And I was actually just getting ready to get back to work in March, 2020. Now, I don't really need to tell you what happened then, right? But in February, I was already feeling overwhelmed at the thought of how out of the news cycle I was in. So if you can imagine like 20, CNN was a 24 hour beast, you know, and, and it's not just a glaze at the newspapers, it's the detail on a story. So for me, I felt, oh my God, I really am so disconnected. I feel overwhelmed. I'm a little bit intimidated getting back into this. Then all of a sudden, you know, the pandemic that people are kind of casually chatting about in China is sweeping into Europe. So I thought, okay, I'm actually a journalist who's being paid to stay informed. And I feel daunted by this. How must everybody else feel? And so it happened that naturally, honestly. It was a case of me saying, okay, for the first time ever, I'm going to use my personal Instagram account and I'm just going to summarize the COVID headlines every evening. And I did it for about the first two months, kind of the first wave when everyone was in lockdown. And it was the first time Stephen and I'd ever, ever used my personal Instagram and, you know, intertwined my professional life. And I couldn't get over the, the reaction. People craved the information. They craved the summary, the background, you know, and, and I understood it. They kind of felt, you know, I don't actually have the time. I'm working my bum off in my job I'm super well educated and but I still it, it's too much content it's too much going on it's too overwhelming 
So I got such a reaction to that, that it kind of naturally then developed into, you know, the US election was coming up, I would do a poll on my Instagram every month. And then I thought, okay, you know, maybe people would love this story, maybe, and I would just do it, the most basic designs on my Instagram stories every weekend. And I was just loving it. And what struck, what really changed for me was I used to do this weekly wrap every Sunday of like maybe the top seven to 10 stories. I remember getting off a flight uh, one day and it was a Sunday and I got off a flight at like 7 p.m. And I I got off the flight to like four messages from strangers saying, hey, just want to make sure everything's okay. You haven't put up a weekly wrap. And it was only four people and I didn't have a big audience, but I remember thinking, wow, like people care about this because this is like really helping people. And they were people that would have said to me prior that they never engaged with the news. And so I thought, okay, you know, you know, the little light bulb is like flickering, Uh-oh. you know, There's an acorn <laughs> <of> the thought here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And at the same time I had, you know, I was very fortunate. I had uh, bosses at CNN you know, encouraging me to train to be a reporter and really, really just being so positive um, about my future at CNN. But for whatever reason, at the same time that that interest was developing on Instagram, there was some gut instinct that was holding me back from even trying that process. And I had gone into CNN adamant, like I have videos of me as a kid, Stephen, like pretending to be a news reporter, you know, that was the goal. And then here the opportunity is with an international network. And I'm like, oh, I don't know, you know, what's the hesitation? So I think everything just aligned in that way. And then I was in the kitchen one day, I said to Sam, my fiance, I said, uh, what do you think about a newsletter where I just literally summarize the news for everybody, like as if I was a personal shopper. And I daydream a lot, you know that. I'll always be coming up with ideas and I just blurt them out. Like I'm literally thinking it through as I'm telling you about it. He's the total opposite. He's like a serial entrepreneur, absolutely loves it. That night I had the domain, I had an email address. I was like, Sam, no, no, no. I was only brainstorming. He was like, no, it's fantastic. You gotta do it. Brilliant. And there we were. A week later, I think um, I think we were I was leaving CNN and it was starting. I it's it's so impressive to hear that you still had those doubts. You were kind of as in, I'm in this big setup here. This is a cushy number in terms of it's a, amazing, like the the job of my dreams, and now I'm going down a whole different road. And like yeah. that that in itself, that kind of juxtaposition to kind of go right. I'm in a I'm in a fork in the road now. I can either stay in the norm or I can be my own boss, and like just go for it. What what was your thinking there? Because like that is a big decision to make. And I think there's a serious amount of courage to take that, um, to take that on. Like, can you talk maybe a little bit about your, your thinking there? Yeah, of course. I mean, look, I think in one way, the, the pandemic and the health issues I'd had in the year prior made me feel a bit, you know, what's, what is actually the risk? You know, it made me feel a bit, not careless, but kind of carefree. Um, and then also, I really felt very, very passionate about the fact that I spot there was a gap in the market and there was a need yeah. for this. And I think what was so nice is that, you know, I have the utmost respect for anybody that says, I want to be a business owner and I want to be an entrepreneur. But I think there's actually something lovely about the fact that I'm not one of those people. This is very much passion driven. You know, I spotted a gap in the market, not to exploit it, but actually to highlight it. For me, this, you know, what Newsfix does is, in my, my hope anyway, 
is it's highlighting the best journalism out there because it's an industry I'm so passionate about. I'm so, you know, adamant to the fact that, you know, we should support good journalism. We should highlight it. And I really view Newsfix as just bridging the gap on that, you know, and making it easier for people. Because at the same time, I do feel that there is a disconnect at times um, between uh, a lot of news outlets and their viewers, their readers, or the people that aren't viewing or reading, you know, yeah. and, who, you know, whose fault is it? I don't know. We could go into it, but um, I, it, it's something that I've always understood when friends would say, I'm really sorry. The thing that I, you know, I, I find it really tough. The thing that I wouldn't understand is like, just for example, I've got a group of nine best pals since we're about 12 right and honest to god once a week one of them would write it I mean you're talking about like super well-educated fun brilliant women you know doing excelling in their careers and I'm not joking once a week one of them would write to me and say I've got a work dinner I've got a meeting I've got an interview could you just catch me up like what's going on in Brexit or you know what, what what's this about like just just send me just send me a, a one minute Personal voice shopper <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Just send me like a one minute voice note. Right. Yeah. And then when I would send something, they would come back really embarrassed and almost apologetic. And I would say, do not be embarrassed. You're about to go for an interview for this amazing job. Yeah. You don't need to prove your education, but we need to prove a way that makes it easier for you to feel you can be informed, you know? And so it really, honestly, I just hope that I'm just a bridge uh, between the two. Well, what I love about it is um, that it, there doesn't seem to be the bias that you would get in certain outlets, right? So it feels that it's fair. It feels that you're getting information from various sources that aren't one kind of dictator or another. Like there, there's, there's a balance. And it means in every good debate, right? It means that you're, you're understanding or trying to understand another perspective, right? But sometimes we get to a point where it's, it's it's nearly the browbeating of a view and that's the view and the only view instead of actually trying to be empathetic and understanding and trying to open yeah. your mind up to other worlds or possibilities or, or thoughts and that this is where i love with what what i love about newsfeed and sometimes like you come in and like right this is a deep dive into everything that's gone on here in, in Brexit. So, or here's a deep dive in what's going on in the, the Royals or here's a deep dive in what's <laughs> yeah. going on in somewhere else. Right. Yeah. And it just then gives you kind of like the chronological kind of view, but then the outlets and the information is not only what you've gathered, but also then you're passing on the links for others to kind of, to find out more themselves yeah. and to gather the information themselves. I think that's where I feel the uniqueness is in that there's no bias well, I mean, I'm so I'm so appreciative of you saying that. I mean, I, I love to hear that. It's the best feedback for us, actually, because for me, um, you know, I'm very adamant as a journalist. The only opinion I'm going to give you is that you shouldn't be given an opinion. You know, if you read something that I write and you feel I know what Hillary thinks about that, I've probably written it wrong, you know, and I, and I think as well, um, I think in recent years, it has been underestimated the fact that people are actually craving just the facts on something. I think for a while it became really popular to have like an opinion angle to every news show. It, it, you know, it, it's so connected with ratings and with, and then with money, you have to remember this is a business, right? At the end of the day. Yeah. yeah. And so, and I think that's actually to the detriment of journalism. There's the industry and then there's like the need for the journalism. And, you know, for me, I think, but, you know, bottom line, if you feel that strongly about a topic, you feel that passionate about it, then what's the issue with having the facts out there? Well, I, I, simple facts I, because 
yeah. if you feel that way, surely that's what's proven then. Yeah, I, do you know what? I, I think you're dead right. I think what happens though is, is that where, <laughs> where you, so there's, what is the difference? Okay, maybe you can explain this. What is the difference between news, entertainment, and journalism? Well, I think if you asked me 10 years ago, it would probably be a different story. I think there's a lot of blurred lines these days. And I think it speaks to what we were saying about, um, you know, the, the industry and the need for this business model. And I think actually that's really, really to the to the detriment of of journalism. But I also think it's different in different countries. So I think America would be a very extreme example of, of what you're seeing in the sense that, you know, and I speak just from my experience doing NewsFix in particular, there's some mornings where I'll wake up and if the US has the top story in the world that morning, I'll go through all of the US media. And there's often been mornings where I could look on, you know, for example, MSNBC, which is like a bit to the left, and then Fox News, which would be a conservative right wing. And it's not just, oh, they've told the stories differently. Sometimes you're like, is this the same day? You know, like it's wow. such a different you know, Viewpoint. such a different interpretation of the news. And I think actually, you know, we have to understand why people become so extreme or, to, you know, wh why they might have different views to you. I think you need to, un we need to all understand where they're getting that information from. Because if you're in one echo chamber all day, that's going to have a significant influence on you. And I think yeah. we can say, you know, people can be very critical of Irish media, but I would say, you know, having worked abroad, I look at it and look, there's no industry that's perfect. But for me, if I'm watching on Virgin Media TV or if I'm watching on RT News or I'm listening on Today FM, you're likely going to have the top, same top story, just a different presenter. You know, and there's rules about how you how you tell a story. And I think there's a lot more trust than there might be elsewhere. Again, not perfect, but yeah, yeah but, but I, think I think it's not think, as polarized a debate as it might I, be in the I US. Think I think that's the point, right? Yeah, I think the the fact that it, it I, I loved what you said there about the echo chamber because you're a product of your environment, really, as well, aren't you? It's yeah. like your friendship circle. Like if your friends are arseholes, <laughs> you'll <laughs> most likely be a pain in the hole. Whereas yeah. if your friends are different cultures, different backgrounds, different opinions, you get in a beautiful, broad kind of rainbow-colored perspective of exactly. life, which is yeah. glorious, right? Um, and but, I actually uh, think as well, like with Newsfix. Sorry, um, I actually think with Newsfix as well. I mean. For me, it's not just about explaining the news. It's about explaining the industry, too. So, you know, a lot of times what we'll say is, you know, this publication has reported this. And then if we need to, we can say and it's but it's worth noting it's owned by this person or it's worth noting it's got this kind of lean one way or the other, you know. And so at least people are saying, OK, that's the information we're getting. But that's the information I need about the source as well. You know, if that yes. makes sense. Yeah. Um, just so you kind of feel, okay, look, I, I get where it's coming from. Yeah. And I and, and that's like, if you want to find out more, you have all the links and stuff and you can kind of let people fi figure out a little bit more if they want to and they want to delve into it. But uh, exactly. Oh, I love this. I love, I love this kind of whole new, fresh outlook on news. Um, and you're, you're getting great support, which is fantastic to see. Like there's uh, many of my friend, friendship circle um are supporting hannah saunders was on my podcast recently and oh, well, she's a big big advocate of yours and so she like she has changed the game for me honestly i mean like the, i've found actually such lovely support from so many women but hannah saunders and would come to mind because she's not somebody that i would know personally that well you know it would be a very polite hi but we're not in social circles together so you know what i'm trying to say is she doesn't owe me anything 
And she, to me, is the epitome of women supporting women. She's gone above and beyond. And, you know, she's given me a lot of shout outs on Instagram, but behind the scenes, she backs that up. And, you know, I hope she doesn't mind me saying, but when I was a paid subscription, she was one of my first subscribers to pay. You know, she really supported me and really backed me and, you know, got me a lot of followers on Instagram. And yeah, and, and, and I think she's an example of so many other experiences I've had like that, particularly with Irish women. It's been really, really fantastic. It's such a supportive community amazing to hear and uh like i think yeah i think i think where you where you can have people just supporting others giving each other a chance giving each other just a a friendly nudge um it makes a massive difference but it takes very little from some people but that little bit of support actually goes so far and yeah i think i think you've hit the nail on the head exactly what you with what i think as well it's um it's given me such good perspective too, because I think in the past, prior to setting up Newsfix, again, I never thought about doing a business. So when I would see others do it, you know, sending a message, oh, best of luck. You know, I thought like, oh, I'm really supporting them. Now I'm like, I want to buy the product. Like, you know, cause I get it. This, like, it's so hard. I mean, I love it. And I hope you feel my passion, but it's really, really tough. It's really tiring. There's never a day where you say, I've got all my tasks done. But um, yeah, yeah, maybe maybe explain a day just so people can actually hear what what your day entails, because I, I think yeah. that would be fascinating for people to see, because while they get this beautifully crafted product at the end, it will be interesting just to, to get a, a summary of, of yeah. what a day looks um, like. Sure. Well, at the moment, so for the last uh, four months, we've been a team of five, um, six, but five full time. And I'm I do the newsletter completely myself. And so basically I'll start work around somewhere between half, around half five in the morning. And I will go through all of the news, everything that's going on. And a lot of the time is spent reading or watching a piece or something like that, um, seeing what's trending online and then send out that newsletter at 8 a.m. At the same time as I'm sending it out, I'm recording the podcast version of that newsletter that day getting all that edited together um, won't be as nicely edited as this, I'm sure. Um, It's a bit of a slapdash in the morning, but it helps people on their commute anyway. And um, get that up, get all the socials out there. And then I send the team, the teamwork 10 to six every day, send, get their emails and their tasks for the day prepped, send that off to them. Then I'll try to get a little bit of exercise in, have my breakfast, get ready for work. And then I commute into central London and the team and I, we work there 10 to six um, every day. And that's the focus on that is basically we go through, we put out our Instagram content. We, we write that, we craft that um, and we put it on Instagram or we might be preparing for the weekend in-depth piece. So basically for anyone that doesn't know, we've got a daily newsletter Monday to Friday where we run down a summary of the news um, and every Saturday we'll do one topic in-depth piece. And then so we work on that 10 to six, then I come home, get my dinner, you know, be a little housewife for a while. And then eight to 10, I'm back working, prepping for the newsletter the next day. So, I mean, it's a lot, but I love it. So. Yeah. Like it's, it's just, it's funny. You said, well, I go to work or I have my breakfast, like nine, whatever it is. And you've done a full day's work. <laughs> <laughs> That's before, the thing. Some days before. Sam is like, are you going to have your breakfast or your lunch? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. should i put on a roast oh god i know honestly (laughs) um but so okay well listen i think 
what I'll what I'll do is I'll I'll put all the information into the show notes about news fix and the likes and and we can share all the information. But I'd love to just delve a little bit deeper into kind of like another part of your your world and maybe um areas that people might necessarily know about, right? And yeah. this is this is up to you now as well whether whether you want to talk about things or not. But my my kind of feel is that to really understand somebody, there's one element of their career and their 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 mm. life and their ambition and their 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 drive every day right and then there's the other part of of life which is i don't know like we've all had challenges and where i'm finding themes come through is that every single person that's come onto this podcast has had a certain challenge has had a, a certain knockback and one my friend uh logie in one of the last ones he said like in the darkest times is where we find the, the brightest light you know and yeah. it, comes, it comes to a point where you think that you can't get through certain things and you, you it nearly defines you as a character or gives you belief in the future anyway my roundabout way of saying this is what it, what has been the biggest challenge in your life um i would say the challenge that i've had that's really changed me and brought me to where I am today in in a beautiful way is probably the health issues that I had in 2019 and it's probably because I suppose it made me feel very vulnerable you know at the time it was at the same time that my managers at CNN were saying let's cultivate you and get you on air and I mean it was just the most amazing opportunity you know and I had a lot of very senior people at CNN say we want to make this happen And so the opportunity was handed to me. And at the same time, you know, my position at the time was as a as a producer and I was starting to really be out in the field and travel and create packages. And it was just, you know, I felt. Do you know when you feel like you're you're plodding along day to day, but then all of a sudden you feel like actually all of that work is starting to go towards something and we're starting to move on to the next stage in your career. And so all of those things were happening and everything was looking really really good but at the same time I think I had this like underlying feeling that I was having health issues so I ended up basically long story short I had this condition in my stomach but what was happening is I obviously needed so much energy because I was working so much but I wasn't able to eat in the same way that I had been before like I would be full after a third of a portion and you know not to be flippant about it but anyone who knows me like I can't diet like if you're going to tell me I can't eat something that's the only thing that I want to eat, you know? I mean, like I just adore food and I was very happy with my body size, but at the same time, this was all happening from January to June. So you can imagine, right? I'm a 27 year old woman and I'm losing an intense amount of weight up to the summer. So at the beginning, it took a long time. You know, I got, I tried to get all my tests done, all this. And, you know, there was a lot of, you know, I think you're trying to put yourself under pressure to good for the summer. And, you know, I was saying, really, honestly, I don't have that discipline in me. So it was this weird thing where my blood tests were coming back fine. It was all fine. And then actually, President Trump was coming to Ireland. And I don't know if you remember, he did a trip to the UK and then he flew into Ireland and was going to Doombeg. Yeah. Now, my family and I, we've gone to Kilkee every summer of our lives. So I was like, this is my project like this is and this was as I was starting to feel more confident in my career I was like this is my baby I am doing this 100% so I even flew back to Ireland like three weeks before went out to Doombeg with my dad you know sussed out where we could do our live positions I was so into it Steve um and then everything kind of came to a head you know if you can't eat nothing's gonna work right so I ended up 
collapsing and at a really, really hard time. I was in hospital for three weeks. I was fed through a tube. Um, yeah, it was it, like, I mean, it was never life threatening, but it was life altering in this, it, you know, it was really impacting on, on my life at the time. And it was a daunting time because things were just about to take off for me. Yeah. And then, and then it was just the kind of cycle of, I almost felt like I did my first wave of lockdown on my own because I was out of work for quite a few months. So then it's like, I built up the strength to go back to work and then a pandemic came in, you know? So it was like all of these cycles. And I think actually, you know, I'm sure you've had this theme with all the other people you've interviewed in the sense that what felt like such a difficult time at the time led to so much growth in me, so much confidence. I was so, like I said earlier, not careless, but carefree. You know, what, what was the risk of starting News Fix? What was the risk in leaving CNN? You know, all of a sudden that didn't feel like such a big deal. And to me now, you know, News Fix has a long way to go. We're at an exciting stage, but we're at an early stage. If it doesn't go the way I want it to go, I mean, big deal. I'll have done a, a company like and, you know, I started a company. I've got people engaged with the news. I get the most beautiful letters from people. It was worth it 100 percent. But I definitely know there's a lot of things you, you don't know for definite. I definitely know had I not gone through that phase in 2019, I wouldn't be here talking to you about news fix. I would never have dared start it. I wouldn't have even said it out loud to Sam to risk him making the domain and all of that. They wouldn't have even happened. So I would say, um, yes, a hard time. Yes, a dark time. But actually, I view it very much in the sense of gratitude for the fact, now gratitude for the fact I, I went through it. Yeah. Do you know what? I, I appreciate you telling that story. I remember um, at different stages throughout that that time, uh, we were all very worried about you because obviously we didn't know with all the details and stuff, but we just knew that you you were you were going through a tough time. Um, but uh, I think you've described it um, beautifully. I think you've a way with words in fairness to Hill. And I think it's kind of like it's 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 it is reassuring to kind of hear that if anybody is going through a tricky time or if they're unsure of something or if they're they're finding um life getting getting on top of them it's kind of like okay what's the like look at the bigger picture here and what is the worst thing that could happen and yeah uh, ultimately like you if you can if you've got a good circle of friendship and family who love you and care about you and and want you to do well then no matter what happens, whether you succeed in one area or find that you fail in one area, but it proves that you go down a path in another way, those that friendship circle and that family circle will always be there to support and always be there to to to, to yeah. give you that little bit of um. And it, and, and it's very difficult choice. when you're thinking in the moment, but then mm. you have to also think, you know, one day this is going to make sense. Yeah, love that, love it. So yeah. so tell me tell me this right. Uh, just considering the fact that you've gone through all that, what would you advice would you give a version of yourself if you were a little bit younger? What would you say to yourself or to those who maybe are are, are trying to um, get a foot up? Um, I would. So the best advice that I actually ever got in my entire life was when I started at CNN and it was from my dad. And he said, know what you don't know. And the reason he, he had to say it to me is because I, like I said, I went into CNN and everyone had lived all over the world. They all spoke seven languages. They all just were amazing, right? 
So here, here I am then. And, you know, my knee jerk reaction is I walk into a bookshop and I buy a thousand page book, the history of middle of the Middle East. I mean, it was, I, I mean, I just cringe when I think about it now. I was like, this is going to help me. <laughs> so I used to get up at like 5 a.m. and read all about this. And I was just exhausted and I hated every second of it. And my dad was like, just relax. Like, don't, don't read to learn. You know, if it's that obsessive, it's going to, it's not going to go in because you're so fixated on learning, but at the same time, know what you don't know, know where you're at. And I think that really helped me in the sense that, um, the moment I had the confidence at CNN to say, I'm really sorry. I actually don't know anything about that story. I'm really sorry. I don't know anything about the, you know, the politics in that country. Actually, what happened was, you know, my fear was someone would say she's not good enough. It was the opposite. It was actually that I built a lot of trust with my managers. They, they believed me when I said I did know something and they trusted me with assignments because they knew I wasn't going to, you know, BS them about what I knew and then make a mistake and, and embarrass them. So I would say if you're at the beginning of your career and I say this to my team as well, you know, I don't hire you as a 21 year old or a 22 year old thinking you're going to have all the answers, thinking you're going to know it. Just be ready to learn, like be a good listener um, and be kind and, and patient with yourself. I think back to the worries I had in my first year at CNN and I just wish so much I had just enjoyed that first year so much more. Yeah, be kind and be patient. Yeah, it, uh, it is true because we're always trying to get to the next level, aren't we? As, as a young, ambitious and eager. Oh my God, I, was, I spent all my person, time looking yeah. left and looking right at what other people were doing. If I just looked forward, I would have gone forward a lot faster. Like, just yeah. look ahead. I, I, I remember I remember, I started a job um, in um, a creative agency and I remember my, my, my boss was a guy from Kerry. He was very famous in, in the advertising world. And um, I was coming in. I was like, oh, I know everything. Yada, yada, yada. And he pulled me into the office one day and he goes, Stephen, now he says, I know you're eager and I know you're ambitious, but you're being a bit impetuous now. So just relax. <laughs> and then I, I had to go back out and look up what impetuous meant. <laughs> Nothing like a bit of honesty, right? Well, I wouldn't mind. I've, I've been using that phrase ever since. <laughs> Um, so to, 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 um, I think that's great advice. And, and like, I'm sure along the way, while you've, you, you've read tons and tons and tons and tons of, uh, documents and articles and probably brushed up on a lot of different, uh, parts of learning, uh, through life, what affirmations or values do you live by, or do you have any? And if you do, could you, could you share them with us? Um, what affirmations? Well, I I don't know if this is like an affirmation or if I'm going to answer it exactly how you want me to, but I would just say, you know, um, I, I'm that type of personality. Like I have to love what I do. <clears throat> like I have to love what I'm doing and it just wouldn't work for me if I, if I didn't, you know, and I would say maybe there isn't enough emphasis on that for younger people. Like you're going to spend enough time in your life doing your job and make sure it's something that you look forward to that you feel excited about you know don't live through the week for the weekend you know do a wow. job that you would do happily on the weekend i just think that that to me is like has been just the bottom line for me throughout my life of like my my opinion on you know my career i i've always and i think for a lot of journalists will feel the same you know career and life in journalism I mean what, what's the difference like 
you know yeah. i mean it's, it's the same thing so enjoy it <laughs> i heard a thing today actually do you know that's so good because you know the way they say have you got the work-life balance right and people go work life and somebody said today and I, i'll never forget it it's like why do we put work beforehand before it? why isn't it a life work balance yeah why isn't it a case of life and then the work piece falls into play you know exactly yeah. it's changing the perspective but um yeah i love that like don't do something during the week that you're living for the weekend like do something that you actually want to do on that yeah day exactly I, well actually the funniest thing is i saw a tiktok recently and it was like I, you know, I was working so hard and making no money. So I left my job and I started my own thing. And now I work all the time for even less. And I was like, <laughs> literally, that is me right now. I swear to God. Are we going to see if a, 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 a news fix dance or something come out in TikTok? Oh, no way. <laughs> and actually, do you know what? Um, my team are, I mean, they're just an amazing team all in their early 20s. And they're like trying to get me on TikTok all the time. And I'm 29 and they're making me feel really old. <laughs> I'm like, no, no. You're, listen if you're 29 and feeling known don't even come to this breaking part of the conversation because uh, i've got another decade on you um but if if um if if okay here's here's a here's a question i want to ask you so how do you believe somebody who knows you best would describe you because i'm always looking to find out if somebody could leave a message or something on their their epitaph what yeah. what what would somebody say about about you oh god um uh well i would say sam for example he probably described me as as hard working and thoughtful but i would say quite sensitive as well and i feel like the people that really love me the most and know me the most i think were a little bit nervous about newsfix not because they didn't love the idea not because they did, they doubted the passion but i think you know I'm not trying to be controversial. I'm not trying to be, you know, I don't, I don't like uh, an, ar an argument. Like I just, I, I, I don't know, I'd be a bit sensitive about it at times. And I think, you know, as a journalist, there was a lot of stories that I was like, oh, I feel a bit nervous about that. Um, so maybe a bit sensitive. Um, I'm not really sure. <laughs> isn't it, isn't it, isn't it interesting though, because you're, you, you write headlines and you write stories about everything else and other things, but because I suppose of the passion that you have and the, the character that you are and the person that you are, it's very hard to kind of turn the, the, the camera onto yourself and go, okay, well, what would my story be? What yeah, my, I know. And what... it's a, you know, it's a cardinal sin in journalism to make the story about your, to make yourself the story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. As you said before, if you're getting my, my opinion, I'm, I'm writing it incorrectly, but I suppose it's, it's kind of like what people who care about you would, what would their story be about you? And I think it, it is nice to see though, that like, the sensitivity is still there. And I think people can get that emotion and sensitivity and that just genuineness coming through. Um, but I also think then as well with, with Sam, he's seeing a world in you that um, behind the scenes and was able to give you that kind of push or that, that kind of nudge to start the momentum with you, you know, and, and that's yeah. a great, that's a great partnership, great, great uh, support setup that you have there. And um, like kudos to Sam for, for being able to, um, help you seize the moment oh great, i can you know? say honestly if there was no sam there'd be no news fix i ah, mean well, like well. Ser no seriously honestly yeah. and i don't mean that in a cheesy way i mean it in a very practical like he would agree with me kind of a way yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's funny someone said to me you know um you know you're a woman and an entrepreneur and it's all these amazing things you've started your own business and i was thinking 
okay but because of the support of like the three men I'm closest to in my life my dad my fiance and my brother <laughs> you yeah. know yeah. um and he really helps me I mean he, he's he's on his second business he set it up he gets it and actually you know what I think if I don't want to ramble but I think you've brought up a really good point of I feel so lucky to have Sam in my life from a support point of view, but from a practical point of view of the business side of things. And there is a real business side to things. You know, I love journalism. I just want to write the newsletter, but there's the business side of things as well. And I think actually with that perspective of, you know, Newsfix is doing really well. It's a dream job for me. And I think about all of the people that are out there who have a great idea and don't know how to take that step. And I feel like everybody should have someone I wish everybody did have someone in their life that was able to help them in that process because it is daunting. I mean, I talk about setting up Newsfix because it's daunting, overwhelming, it feels negative and it's intimidating. I would apply the exact same things to setting up a business. And I honestly said to Sam one day, I said, if I was ever successful with Newsfix, that's my next business is literally helping people set up a business because it is so hard. <laughs> I, I, and it, you know, it, it is, it is so tough and it is so tricky and people are looking for business plans coming out their ears. And some people are like, where do you even start? But like to know, to have that practicality is, um is a great support and, yeah, you're lucky to have Sam in the right place at the right time. Oh, my God. I mean, um, to put into context, I didn't even have business jargon. And my aunt, who you obviously know, was my business teacher in secondary school. She asked me to drop one of the business subjects. I was that bad. And I went back to history where I should have been the whole time. So, like, if you need any clarification for how much it's it a trade. Come naturally yeah, <laughs> I had to get rid of economics as well. I was useless at that. <laughs> so oh, maybe it's in the gone. family. <laughs> But um, accounting, so I gave up. Let let me uh, let me uh, I kind of come into the last couple of questions and stuff. But um, considering the journalism and considering the work that you're doing, um, you're up. You must be reading something. Uh, so, what's the most recent book you've read? And is there anything that you would recommend to somebody? Um, the most recent book I've read was from Tom Friedman, who's a journalist with the New York Times, and it was about his you know, his experience as a journalist in uh, Beirut and in Jerusalem, particularly interesting because he was in Beirut and he's Jewish and he just brings so many interesting dynamics, you know, to the table and the way he talks about the Middle East, I learned a lot from. Not a book I would recommend in general because, you know, it's a very niche like type of interest. The book I would recommend and I recommend it to everybody. I should actually have shares in the book at this point. And I give it to everybody, like we've got a team of six now at Newsfix. Everyone got it on their first day. Uh, is a book called Prisoners of Geography. And it's from a journalist called Tim Marshall. And the beauty about Tim Marshall's book, in my view, and it's what I try to do at Newsfix as well, is that he doesn't write to show you what he knows. He writes to tell you what you should know. And I think there's actually such a difference and people don't talk about that difference enough. You know, a lot of times, and it's like what I was saying to you at the beginning of my career, if I had just relaxed and said, I don't know that, you know, um, and basically what he does is he breaks down different sections of the world and he'll talk about the different dynamics. So in Europe, like the, you know, the, the relationship and the, you know, complex history between Germany and France, you know, and how that plays out um, all across Asia, like the countries that border China, what their special interests would be. And, but it's not heavy and that's the beauty of it. So it's, 
literally an introduction to it. I'm, I challenge you, anyone listening, I challenge you, go out and buy it. If you don't like it, I'll buy it back off you. I'm yet to find someone, whatever your interests are, whatever you like. I love it. It's just such a good, um, you know, News Fix, the goal of News Fix is to give you a foundation of knowledge that then you can engage in conversations. And I think that that Prisoners of Geography book does exactly the same thing. You're not going to be an expert in anything, but you can at least, you know, get take part in a conversation. You can feel like, okay, I get that. I'm going to get it. And that's why I love it. I'm going to get it. And I'm going to charge it back now if it doesn't work. (laughs) I was going to say, I'm I'm going to send it to you. I'm going to post it to you. That's your birthday present, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay, deal. Um, Package in June. (laughs) I I, I love that, though. um, It's great to get perspective on that type of stuff because things like that um, and knowing those um, stories can help influence others who are maybe trying to start off or who are are looking to get a different perspective in life. So um, what I do now is I hand over the microphone to you to every guest at the end and let people know what's going on what does the future hold where's what's next in newsflix newsflix and how can they how can they um to get to know you tell the people what they what you want them to hear oh god here we are on the spot um so i would say with newsflix uh what what excites me is is where we're going in the future you know we're perfecting our product at the moment we've re- we relaunched in october we're completely free platform, passion driven with amazing content every day. We really do make it easier for people to stay engaged, but we also have so many plans for the future. So, I mean, no better place to say it than on a podcast. We have a podcast coming, a podcast series coming of all of the in-depth pieces that we've published throughout the year. And what's different about it is that, you know, on a day-to-day basis, I do a podcast version of the newsletter, but it's literally just my voice, background music, template, slapdash, and it's out. This is really storytelling and it's going to be so beautifully produced. We've got some of the episodes ready to go. I'm not sure about a a date that they're going to be released, but I'm so proud of it. I'm so excited. We're really telling a story, bringing it to life. Um, So that's going to be super exciting. I'm sure my team in the coming months are going to get me back on TikTok. That's inevitable. And yeah, look, the world's our oyster, you know, I mean, I've got so many plans in my head about what, what we want to do. I mean, I'm just really, really excited and look, fingers crossed, you know, business can be uncertain. You can have good weeks and bad weeks, good hours, bad hours. Um, but look, fingers crossed, we can get the momentum in the coming months to kind of keep this alive and, and keep it growing. So let's see. Uh, listen, um, I've no doubt you're going to continue to flourish. And uh, if people wanted to find you, they go to at newsfix, is it? Yeah, so our website where you can subscribe to the free newsletter is news-fix.com. But if you're in Ireland, you can do newsfix.ie and it will redirect you. On Instagram, we're at newsfix underscore is our tag. And what else? We're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on LinkedIn. Just TikTok. like us everywhere, basically. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put I'll put all the different links. Spotify, the wherever you get your podcast. We've got the, the podcast version of the newsletter. Yeah, I think that's... Oh, Hillary, I'm I'm thrilled to have had an opportunity to jump into that uh, day of yours and take you out of it and give uh, give people an opportunity to hear your story and to to hear what you've what you've done in life at a a very very young 29 with so much ahead of you and so much excitement in the future. Um, like where I where I um where I see this episode being helpful is that you took a leap of faith 
you actually went and did it and went with the attitude as what's the worst that can happen. And I think that is such bravery to do that. And you went into a world that is completely unknown, but you follow the passion. And I think it's testament to you and to who you are and the character and also the people that are around you who love you and care for you. And um, I am super excited to hear how things go. I'm going to obviously keep in touch with you on a regular basis and and, uh, see what happens. But um, I wish you and all the Newsfix team the the best you've got a friend from the podcast here and you've also listened we're family so you're going to be stuck with me but uh um thank you so much for coming on and thank you for sharing your story with us thank you so much